Hello, everybody. Happy Monday. This is Michelle Harold, Positive Hire. I hope you, your family, co-workers, community are doing well during this pandemic. With me today, I have Christina Broderick, and she is a licensed social worker, as well as a founder of a very great company that, I'm, that we're going to talk about today. So a bit about Christina. She's a clinically trained licensed social worker, a psychotherapist, and a certified school social worker. She's worked with um, kids K through 12 in educational settings for nearly a decade. And she's also the founder of Ignite EDU, which helps every student to learn, build, and strengthen their mental health foundation within their education journey. Welcome, Christina. It is great to have you on today. Hi, I'm so, so excited to be here. So can you tell us a bit more about yourself? I gave, you know, all the high level stuff, right? You you know, what you're trained in, who you help, but yeah. what brought about your career in social work and working with um, not only K through 12, but even college students? Yeah, so um, as you mentioned, I, I am currently licensed uh, here in the state of New Jersey, as well as a certified school social worker. And I also work as a uh, psychotherapist. And my journey in education um, and mental health started from, from years, years back. Um, my family definitely built a very strong foundation as relates to education and the importance of education. Um, so when I started working with students, I realized there was this consistent gap that existed uh, as it related to mental health, right? There was a lot of you know attention and focus on the academics and all of these things um, that typically relate to closing the like education gap, right? But what are we doing as it relates to mental health? So that is what led me to start my journey as it relates to mental health. Um, and then the more work that I did in the elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, and even uh, universities is where I noticed that there really is an, a special gap that exists as it relates to students and their knowledge, skills, and abilities for their mental health. Wow, that is a great assessment. Um, and it's great to see you working in this area that has not been targeted uh, enough at this point. So congratulations on truly focusing on that for our youth um, and young adults. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Now, when we're looking at Ignite EDU, what is Ignite EDU and how does it, it what, you know, who do you work with in Ignite mm -hmm. EDU when it comes to mental health? Right. Um, so I founded the company a few years ago um, as it relates to my direct experience with students, right? So I had students um, who I'm speaking to, who I'm just watching, you know, fall apart at the seams in front of my eyes, right? Not even just figuratively, but literally, right? They're running away from me to go throw up or they're about to pass out and all of these unhealthy behaviors and coping that they've developed. And as it relates to mental health, we tend to be more uh, reactive than proactive. So I wanted to be able to provide a space where we are being more proactive as it relates to integrating mental health into education. That's where students spend a lot of their time uh, within the education system. So why are we uh, not being able to incorporate more of it into the different curriculums that they're exposed to? So with Ignite EDU, uh, the 
vision is that every student is able to learn, build, and strengthen their mental health along their educational journey. Um, and we developed a system in that we're igniting education by using our 3C approach to turn students from statistics into success stories. So um, our 3C approach is content, connection, and creation. So and provide the content to just increase the general knowledge base, right? And that's through uh, the workbooks that we've created, the newsletters we send out, the different communication efforts that we do. Uh, we provide the connection to the content and that is through our courses, our programming, our training, et cetera, the different initiatives that we have to not just give you the information, but then connect the information to your life. Um, but the third one, which is the really most important C stands for creation. Um, a lot of these other companies out there do a lot of the same work as it relates to giving out information and talking about strategies and programs and new trainings, but then it's left up to the family, the student, the organization to do with it as they will, right? The creation allows us to work directly with the students, the families, the organizations to create plans for more sustainable use. Um, so we work directly with college students, uh, we work directly with families and their students, and we also work with different organizations that support students. Wow, I absolutely love it. I'm, I'm going back to my childhood and I literally remember being in second grade and having anxiety attacks. Like I couldn't <laughs> breathe during standardized testing period. Mm -hmm. And thinking to myself, my parents didn't know what it was. My teachers didn't know what it was. And, and of course this was the eighties. So <laughs> what did that look like? You know, what would it look like had I had the, um, Ignite EDU had my parents had access in rural South Carolina where I'm sitting right now to mm -hmm. Ignite EDU. They would have already been educated, but they would have had a plan created already to help me deal with my anxiety mm -hmm. when it came only to standardize. So like any other time I was fine. Yeah. So, so I can look back now at 42, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not in second grade, I'm way past second grade and realize, oh, that's what it was and how I could have dealt with it and how my parents could have in the school. So yeah. I, I can actually relate, directly relate to what you're what you're working towards um, and this impact you can have. Because I'm seeing a lot of what I encountered as far as anxiety as a kid with one of my nephews and, mm -hmm. and how he goes about um, school and testing and really yeah. wanting to do well. Yeah, and it, it's common, especially as things are moving and progressing now, there's continued pressure for quote unquote academic success and getting into these schools and all of this stuff, right? Like it just continues to get more crazy and, and on the demands that are being put on young people. Um, but there's a whole other layer that we're just not addressing by doing that. So how can you expect to do well on this standardized test when you're having an anxiety attack? How can you to do well in your exams when you can't even focus or you can't see straight or you're developing all these other unhealthy coping skills. Um, so it the, the company is about taking a step back and really making sure that we're doing the internal work so that you're able to uh, produce and, and succeed in whatever way that you need to be for your own life. Absolutely. I, lo I love the proactive part mm -hmm. of Ignite EDU um, because when we know better, we do better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like, you're not going to like, I'm going to give you this. Here's the recipe when you get ready to bake the cake. Right. Um, so right. you can preheat the oven here, all the ingredients. And guess what? Here's an emergency number just in case exactly. something goes wrong. Exactly. And that's kind of also part of it. It's, it's also the work of destigmatizing mental health okay. because 
when you're able to talk about it openly and talk about the skills and the resources and the strategies, um, if something does happen, if it does get to a level where you do need extra support and assistance, you feel more comfortable taking that step to do it, right? You feel more comfortable talking to other people about doing that step, getting the support from whoever you need to make that step. Um, and that's what's also what's included in the proactiveness. It's not just the in terms of the actual actions, but just in yeah. just the knowledge and the awareness to do something when you are in need of help. Absolutely. Absolutely love it. Um, if we have any questions out there, comments, be sure to share them. We would love to hear from all of the viewers. And if you're catching this on the replay, still comment anyway, tag Christina or myself so we can answer or I, not we. <laughs> she, she can answer. She can answer the question. Okay. Not Michelle. Okay. <laughs> but I'll make sure she sees your question or comment. Um, and be sure to connect with her here on LinkedIn because that's part of being here on a social platform. You want to socialize with people, especially in areas where stigmatized, like I don't want to say anything right now, but maybe you want to ask um, privately definitely reach out to her. So she's like, mm -hmm, I'm here. That's what I love doing. I love doing this. And I love being able to help and support people uh, with their mental health. So feel free, feel free to slide into my inbox. <laughs> <laughs> See, with mental health questions and concerns. Okay. Yes. We, we, want, we want to make some clarity. Yeah, be specific. <laughs> Very specific. Okay. So we are talking about being proactive uh, with mental health when it comes to children and young adults. Mm -hmm. We are talking about stigmas. Let's talk about let's talk about stigmas a little bit more. What are two or three common stigmas you often encounter when it comes to mental health? Um the biggest one that jumps out is that you the first one is that right you you, you should seek help for your mental health when an issue presents or you're in a crisis, right? That yeah. we need to wait until something is happening and that's when I need to get that help. Um, and it's unfortunate because I think too often is it's we wait too long to get the help and then it's a lot harder to undo a lot of that stuff that we've already developed and set in and et cetera. Um, so we, a, a, a myth, I guess, is that you have to be in a crisis in order to get mental health support. And that's not true. Uh, you can get mental health support um, at any time, right? If you even are just maintaining and you want help to just maintain, right? There's licensed professionals that are, are available to help you do that. Um, but in that, of course, is the stigma that if you do get help that, you know, now you have this mental illness or people are going to judge you or you feel very alone, um, which are common stigmas. And sometimes uh, they tend to exist in certain communities, um, in particular, for example, the black and brown community um, or certain religious communities that have the stigma surrounding mental health support um, or a need of, of mental health support. So being able to be more open to talk about it, awareness is still just as much important as it is just getting the help, right? The freedom and openness to talk about it. Um, a, a direct example is I openly talk about my therapist. I have a blog article about me going to make an appointment with my therapist when this whole COVID-19 started. Um, and I have a friend who actually was talking to me. She said, it's because of how openly you talk about therapy that made it easier for me to go and get a therapist. Um, and thereby also talk to other people about her therapist, right? That it kind of had this like subsequent uh, snowball effect. Um, so the openness in, in discussing the challenges that we're all facing in different ways is important as we work to destigmatize mental health. 
I absolutely uh, can agree with that and, and see it in so many ways. And your generation, because I'm a Gen Xer, have <laughs> been very vocal and open and in the need for getting mental health before you need mental health, but mm-hmm. also in, in breaking um, cycles mm-hmm. um, within mm-hmm. um, your family. So I highly, I love that about your generation. Um, and so keep up the good work and being open and using social for it, um, social media to share your experiences and the importance of um, continued mental health. And it's so exciting to, to see the work and, and the progression of it, right? So I'm in the millennial generation and there's still, you know, bits and pieces that are still working and, and moving. But now this Gen Z is like, full force, like so on it. And it is so inspiring uh, to work with young people who are very dedicated to mental health and the mental health of others. Um, it just warms my heart just knowing how uh, the importance continues to to grow into the different spaces uh, that exist. Absolutely. We have a question. What are some tips on how to explain to a child the current public health crisis without scaring them? Mm-hmm. That is a great question. That is a great question. Yeah. Um, and what's what's difficult is right when we're trying to talk with children, um, we want to sometimes cover everything with like rainbows and butterflies and make it sound great. Um, but what's hard about what's happening right now is that even for us as adults, like it's the scary. There's a lot of uncertainty that exists. So even up ourselves, we could be scared about not knowing. And we want to be careful that we don't want to pass that fear on to our student, right? So that's why we're in the space of how do we best communicate this with our, our child so that we don't pass that fear on. Um, some things I've been encouraging people to do um, is to lean on honesty. Um, so I would stray away from the, the, oh, everything is going to be great and great, but fine if you don't really know that, right? Um, be honest, right? Being honest with, I think your kid is, will, surprise you in terms of the response that you may get versus trying to continue to paint rainbows and, and butterflies for them. Um, so leaning on honesty. Um, and that includes if you don't know the answer, saying, I don't know. Um, that's a really great question, sweetie. I just don't know that answer. How about we go look it up and see if we can find some more information. Include them in some of that process and letting them know that this is something that we're all trying to work through together. Um, but definitely leaning on honesty, leaning on the facts that you can find um, as well as limiting the information uh, that they're being exposed to. So um, I don't know about you guys, but the social media, like as, as informative as it is, can just be so overwhelming at times. Um, the alerts, the texts, the commercials, like and you can't do anything without being reminded that you're in the middle of a pandemic. And it can get very overwhelming. Um, and sometimes we think that our, our, our kids are not feeling what we're feeling, but they are. Right, they are still feeling those pressures. So making sure that you're also um, cognitively aware of like what they're being exposed to, the commercials that are coming up on their YouTube or on Hulu, right? Um, how are you able to help manage and limit uh, that and also set some boundaries with them? And uh, kids learn by seeing. So if they see you doing it, they're going to want to model that as well. Yep. Um, so step one is always starting with yourself. You can't give from an empty well, making sure that you're in that space that you're able to thereby best support your kids. Absolutely love it. Yeah, I am on a Twitter break. <laughs> and my Facebook news feed is hidden, is usually hidden anyway. Yeah. But I just couldn't do Twitter. It's like I can't deal with this right now. So I'm mm-hmm. on I've already been on LinkedIn, but it is I had to take a step back and I'm on Instagram and you know it's all inspirational posts, right? Mm-hmm. 
or how to wear a proper mask. So it's, yeah. it's different for me. I, I agree. It was it was stepping back. And um, my mother's the TV person. So she's like, well, on the news, they said this and that. And I was like, I don't want to hear this. Let me just read this one thing, like search, like, how do I do this? That's all I want to read and not tune in every minute of the day to what what's going on with the pandemic. Yeah, being able to navigate those conversations with people in your life, right? It, it's, I understand that you want to keep me informed. However, right now I'm taking a break. However, when I am ready to get information, I know the first person I'm going to text is you, right? So that's how you can start to set up some of those boundaries so that people are not just continuously bombarding your inbox with all of these different stats and updates and things like that. Cause it can get very overwhelming very easily. Exactly. Okay, we have another, well, she has questions. What are some of the common symptoms and behaviors of mental stress? And does it differ among age groups and races? For sure. So um, a common one, for example, if you think of anxiety, anxiety looks different for one, just everybody, but it definitely looks different within the like different age groups and different demographics. Um, so common things in, in terms of like mental stress, um, it's, it's interesting because you know when you feel it right? You notice that something is off with you. You notice that maybe your moods are shifting, your feelings are shifting, your thoughts are shifting. Are you, are you spending more time in a lot of uh, a more of a negative space than like some more positive, optimistic thinking, right? That can definitely be a sign. Um, there's a lot of physiological responses. Um, one phrase I say is that if you don't slow down, your body will slow you down. So your body will start to exhibit some parts of um, some uh, mental stress or showing signs of mental stress. So that can be from um, rashes that develop in some people. It can be from pains that develop in people. Um, that's something that I personally experienced um, where I was becoming very overwhelmed and very stressed during a certain time of my life where I was having bodily pain on like the left side of my body, which was very scary, right? You know, the left side attributed uh, to heart attacks and such, and it was moving up my body, up into my neck, into my jaw. Um, and it turned out when I went to uh, urgent care, it was coming from anxiety and coming from stress. So um, sometimes it's very internal where you feel it within your own mind, but sometimes your body will start to show outward signs of stress. Um, it can look different in kids. So for example, sometimes in kids, it can come out as anger. Um, it can come out as sadness. Um, it can come out as um, isolation, right? So it can look very different um, depending on the person uh, and depending on the age group that also is there. So it's important to always just notice change. I'm a huge person that talks a lot about reflection and being self-aware. Um, the more you are self-aware of what your your state is, the more you're able to take action when something starts to shift and something starts to change. And if you're a parent, the same thing goes with your, your, your kid. If you are aware of their normal functionings and, and you are uh, able to better detect if something is changing with them, um, that may be the sign for you that maybe we need to have a conversation. We need to take a step back and see what else may be going on. Um, and it's not just always your typical things as just being introverted and sad or they want to stay in, uh, you know, under the covers, right? Sometimes anxiety, depression, et cetera, can just outwardly show in different areas such as anger, frustration, things like that. Ooh, that was a lot, but that it was, was, <laughs> it was definitely needed because like you said, everybody exhibits something different mm -hmm. in different ways. Yeah, um, and if you think of like, there's there's spectrums into official diagnosis, right? That there is, of course, the, the DSM has all these different categories uh, as to whether or not someone can be diagnosed with the different 
uh, mental illness, but there's also on the other side of the spectrum, some basic things that people may be experiencing that ne don't necessarily need an official diagnosis, but doesn't mean that they don't need assistance and, and some strategies to better help and support their mental health. We have another set of questions from one of our viewers. So I'm going to, okay. So it, it comes back to generational behavior. Mm -hmm. What tips can you provide to bridge the gap between parents raised in an era of what happens in this house stays in this house and their kids that truly believe in sharing all they see and hear? Mm -hmm. how, how do you get parents to be considerate without condemning a child for voicing issues within a home that the parents would rather avoid? Right. So this is something I, as especially as a school social worker, um, I that comes up a lot uh, when I'm working within schools and kids are coming in and they're sharing things that are happening in the home. Um, and that opens up so many other doors. And it's definitely generational. Um, the first step is recognizing that, right? Recognizing one, the, the harm that can exist in, in that line of thinking in the sense of is what could be shared something that would allow help to happen in my home, right? Um, so sometimes when students share things with me that are happening in the home, maybe something that's related to um, physical harm, et cetera, um, and I have to report it and talk about it with other people. It's all about how can I make sure that your family is getting the support that they need um, and operating from that lens and that angle. Um, in terms of finding the balance of what things should be shared, should not be shared, that comes from uh, just the conversations and the openness that you have with your, your child. Um, sometimes people just give this very blanket statement that says what happens in this house stays in this house, um, but students don't know what level that is, right? Is that everything or is that there's certain things? Um, so definitely being willing to have that open conversation, talking about you know your experience with it when you grew up and what that felt for you. Did you have times of uncertainty where you wanted to share something but you weren't sure if you should share it? Um, you wish you could have shared it so that you could have gotten the help for yourself or for your family. Um, I think sometimes we, we shy away from wanting to be open and communicate effectively, I think, with our, our kids because we don't know what they can and cannot handle. Are they too young for this? Should I not be talking about this? Um, but the more that you're able to have those conversations, the easier it will be when certain times come up where um, you are in these, these spaces where you're unsure or your kid is unsure. Um, that they can come to you and talk to you and ask you about these things. Um, then when everything is kind of, again, rainbows and butterflies, but then now you're leaving it up to your kid to figure out what yes or no, is this something that I should or should not share? Um, so I would definitely, one, take a step back and reflect on your own experience with that with growing up, how you felt. Um, and then two, um, be able to have those open and honest conversations with your kids as it relates to what the, what, should be you know kept private within the household um but what are some things that would be okay for them to share and then knowing if they do share it what that means for the family and if you're okay with that great thank you so much christina for that response it is mental health awareness month mm -hmm. and in the midst of a pandemic this is definitely one of the most imperative times to be focusing on mental health. There are some reports where employers are seeing a 900% increase in their employees using their mental health services. Mm -hmm. 
What is Ignite EDU doing for parents and students during this pandemic? Right. Um, so as I mentioned, the, the people that we serve are um, students directly, families, as well as organizations. So we wanted to be strategic about the offerings that we're presenting, uh, especially during Mental Health Awareness Month, but also during this time. Um, so one thing that we have that's um, great for organizations and or students who um, have clubs and such like that um, is creating a wellness classroom on Google Classroom. So wellness classrooms provide a space um, for organizations or for clubs to have resources, community activities, et cetera, as it relates to wellness. Um, and then in addition to that, we have our four-week Ignite EDU courses. So those are starting this Saturday, May 16th. Enrollment ends this Wednesday. Um, and we have two cohorts. So there's one cohort that's meant just for college students. And then we have another cohort that's meant for families. Uh, both cohorts, they use the um, self-written workbook that I have, the ultimate guide to student mental health as we go through the mental health journey. So we talk about things such as just in general, like what is mental health, mental health versus mental illness, et cetera. We talk about um, mindset, resiliency, self-care, wellness, sustainability um, over the course of the four weeks. So it's it's not just me chatting and talking and, and the participants listening in. It's also very interactive and engaging. We're building community. We're talking about this together, having a shared experience over the course of the four weeks. Great. That sounds fantastic. How can people find out more about what you're offering in the month of May? I can't believe it's May. March is like eight years. <laughs> yeah. April oh, March is like, it's like March and then more March and then more, more March. <laughs> and now it's May. It's like, yay. <laughs> How can people find out more about these services and events that you're hosting? Yes. So um, the primary spot is the website, igniteedu.net, I-G-N-I-T-E-D-U.net. Uh, on there, you'll find information of the courses. Um, you can purchase the workbook separately if you just want to use it by yourself. Um, you'll also find replays of events that we did. So um, a few weeks back, we did a panel series of COVID-19 and education, where we had a panel of educators, a panel of college students, and a panel of parents. And each night we spoke to the different demographics about their experience during COVID-19 and, and what that's been like for them in their space. Um, so you'll find all of that on our, on our site. You can book our courses directly on our site. Um, you can buy the workbooks directly on the site. Right now they're actually eBooks. So as soon as you purchase, you get them downloaded and sent to your email immediately. Um, both of our courses come automatically come with a copy of our workbook. Um, so you're able to get more bang for your buck because you're able to get that direct guidance and support as you're working on your mental health journey. Oh, thank you so much, Christina. Um, as you know, as part of my, my tech company, we work with experienced Latina, Black, and Indigenous women who are scientists and engineers, technologists as well. And one of the things they're having to deal with while they're working from home, if the because some engineers still have to go in to the office or manufacturing facility, is dealing with their their own mental health. But those are their children, mm -hmm. and that stress level and expectance level is really high for them and how they perform at work. Plus, now adding on all of these additional um, responsibilities. Yeah. So I would. Um, I would definitely, I would be, I've definitely shared this with them and I'll continue to share Ignite EDU with them. But I do want to invite you 
to come speak to my community directly um, later this month because I want them to be able to engage with you on a higher level. Like everybody's like, I don't want to ask them any questions. They generally ask more because they understand generationally and culturally Mm -hmm. the things we've encountered um, Mm -hmm. and we continue to encounter and things that they want to be able to help their themselves and their children deal with. Um, I would love to. Thank you so much uh, for the invitation. Uh, and I think it's definitely an uptake, uptake we're seeing now in terms of providing these spaces for people. Um, there's tons of questions out there. And while the, the internet is beautiful with all the information, it can get very overwhelming as well. So there's a certain level of like intimacy and connection when it's with your community of whether it's your work community or organization community, et cetera. Um, so I, I would be very happy to speak with them. Um, it's something I'm doing for a lot of different spaces right now, which is hosting trainings and webinars. I have one coming up. It's understanding mental health in the black community. Um, I'm doing that next week for an organization. So I, I welcome the opportunities and anyone who's listening, uh, feel free to send me a message if you would like to talk about how I can present a webinar, training, et cetera, for your organization. Great. I have one other question. And I, I'm going to read it. You may not be able to answer it. I know we're getting close to time. Um, in addition to the Ignite EDU resources, what are some other examples of positive, I love this, positive mental health practices families can engage in together? Oh, I love that. I love that it's being done together. I think yes. the more that we can engage in these types of work together, the better off I think the whole family is. Um, so... Simple things right now, especially because we're, we're a little limited on the outward things that we're able to do. Um, I have families that have started um, cooking together and they get like really fun and they might do like a cooking competition. If you've ever seen like Chopped, uh, where you have like a basket of ingredients, you have to get creative, right? Um, you can do uh, exercises together. Um, I'm really big on mindfulness practices. Um, so that can be from formal meditation to just like watching and observing. So as a family that could be looking out the window and pointing out the different things that you see that are blue, how many things that are green, that are yellow, right? That is a, just a way to bring more presence and awareness um, in that moment that you guys can do together. Um, as well as just turning to some um, online activities that exist. So whether they are games or just uh, reading different articles as it relates to mental health. Um, as I said earlier, awareness and knowledge is definitely important. So being able to increase your, your awareness and knowledge together would be extremely awesome, um, as well as doing a lot of the different practices together. Um, what's great is uh, within our courses, we help guide you on actually developing a self-care and wellness plan as a family. Um, so what does that look like in terms of your emotional health, in terms of your physical health, your social health, right? Uh, we cover all of these different pillars of mental health and wellness. Um, and how are you able to create these plans so that you guys can effectively do them together? Thank you so much. I, I love that. I love like this. We think so broadly and not, I think when we're trying to come up with solutions, I don't know, maybe because I'm an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to something very simple that's mm-hmm. easy to implement, but yet it's very impactful. So, Keyshawn, thank you again for a great, great question. Um, be sure to connect with Christina here. Send her a message like, hey, I saw your live stream. Um, and, and so she knows, how How did you find her? It's always good to know how people find you, right? Um, I Googled you. Like, great. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you Googled me. That would be really cool. I don't think anyone's Googling me yet. 
<laughs> oh, but they will. They will definitely. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us. I will see you next time. I'll be back later this week um, talking more about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And this, if you don't know, this is definitely diversity, equity, inclusion, mental health. So if you're thinking it's not, it truly, truly is. Um, and truly encourage more people in your community to utilize mental health services now more than ever, um, because we truly, truly can use it in the in these times of uncertainty. Everybody, I will talk to you later. Thank you, Christina. Thanks. All right. Bye, everybody.